0: This call is now being recorded. Hello and welcome to the V2V podcast. My name is Marcus Parrish and this is a new series. It's associated with kind of what we were doing with the Survivor Series episodes. But in this case, um, Liz Ionelli and I are going to be discussing Uh, relationships and how those manifest after survivorship and what to look out for, what works. And I think today we're going to start this off with kind of a broad discussion about uh, trauma's impact on, on intimate relationships. And intimate relationships meaning um like love interests partners, and we can expand that out to you know friends and associates, but primarily on on um interpersonal relationships between people who who uh are couples or intend to be couples or want to be couples so uh I think that's what we're gonna talk about trust, and we're going to talk about us uh welcome, Liz.
1: Thanks. Hey, thanks. Good to be here.
0: All right, so we don't really have a uh a strict format, so as we're starting off because I kind of wanted to keep it more loose in the sense that we so we can examine and of what we're talking about along with the people who are listening and uh we're always open for uh. Topic ideas that people are concerned about uh, this trust thing was was something that was presented to me as an idea when we kind of first came up with this series so uh if you have anything in particular to share um, to start us off that would be that would be cool otherwise we can just kind of keep the discussion discussion more general so what what have you got?
1: What have I got? A lot. Yeah. Um okay. <laughs> So, you know, I think, you know, in terms of survivors and, and having worked with a lot of survivors therapeutically, um, and just, you know, and being a survivor myself, I've kind of seen a, a very recurring theme, I guess, in relationships um, after someone has survived um, the industry or trauma in general. Um, and it's a really wide range, so this is kind of like a very large net that we cast, um, that's right. a one And to those who don't know, and to office.
0: those who don't, and to those who aren't aware, sorry, um, the industry being, uh, the troubled indus- in the troubled team industry specifically. Now, right. because I know I mean, that's, that's where you, that's where you come from. Um, right. Other, other traumatic, Systems can certainly apply, but you're you're coming from specifically from that background, whereas um, my experience has been more in a a, a cult environment as a team uh, with Scientology. But similar similar results. But I'll I'll let you go on. I just wanted to clarify that so people understand what you meant.
1: Absolutely, and I think that you know, in in terms of uh, kind of where we come from uh even though we're kind of in two different, I guess, sectors of um, trauma by an institution or a cult or a program, these were typically experiences that were a prolonged time frame of exposure to trauma or the inability to think freely. Um, our ideas about sex, um, about masturbation, about self-love, self-worth were kind of all rewired Poorly, you know, kind of like rigged together, and not really in a good, um, I guess, it, not very good architecture going forward. Um, right. And so, right. I, this I reminds
0: think me of this reminds me of kind of the overarching thing that, that kind of defines all of this stuff in, in some ways as um, the, the attempt to uh, behavior modify, like
1: right. And um, in in the in behavioral modification. Right, and mm-hmm. and what happened was that they, the programs or cults or anything where there's groupthink or you lose your inability, they took away our individuality and they took away our ability for um, self-autonomy and, like, self-determination. So we really, our emotions um, were really driven towards survival, not towards a nurturing, loving, healthy, healing environment with the goal of being well. Um, we were instead kind of injected with this, what I call, a virus, um, Mm -hmm. that it was a a lot of aggression and self-hate and um, perpetuating violence, being a victim of violence. So essentially, if you think about it as young adults um, from 12 on, um, we were already survivors of a form of domestic violence. If you look at the definition, you know, in its own, um Even witnessing uh incidents of violence, so our threshold for chaos is extremely high for many mm. survivors, so what may seem or what would normally seem out of order or whoa, this is dangerous um to a person without this kind of trauma we or at least for myself, and I've heard this from other survivors you know we we have a high threshold for chaotic relationships. And because we have been through trauma, it, we we do have a greater sense of empathy for our partners who may be suffering, whether it's from addiction or even violence or anxiety or whatever. Um, we don't want to become a monster to them or punish them. Um, and I think a lot of us lose our way because whether or not someone loves us, we don't really understand early on what love really even means um so in entering into a relationship you know even for me like fresh out of a program i was looking for someone immediately that for a variety of reasons but one i wanted someone that could keep me safe i wanted someone that wasn't going to ask me a lot of questions um about where i had been i i wanted someone who could uh it was more valuable to me at that time uh, will I have food, shelter, clothing? Will my basic needs be met? If they like me, that'd be great, mm-hmm. but they don't have to. If they love me, bonus. But I wasn't very concerned with that early on, um, and I didn't think I was worth much at all. So self-worth also contributes to, you know, we kind of attract what we think we deserve, which in many cases is far below what we actually do.
0: Mm-hmm so in in turning this like topic over to a more like concrete idea of, of of trust because clearly when you're put into a a situation that is uh violent or traumatic or anxiety provoking, you lose that. That foundation um, to to foster healthy relationships, like the idea of we often i'll say I'll say it like this we often look at trust like it's a kind of a mystical undefined concept, but but what it really is is a trust is a choice to be available and vulnerable and transparent. In any relationship, um, right. because the person you're trusting has proven worthy of your partnership with them through, um, consistency in their honesty, integrity, and dependability. So, so that gets shattered pretty early because you find out that, it, it, as you find out that you've been, you're being lied to and, and, continue to be lied to about um, your your world and, and what's permissible and what's appropriate, and, and you have people who are trying to change your views regarding these things when you, when it, say, for instance, like a teen survivor leaves that environment where they're being um, coerced into behaving a certain way, when they get back out into the, the quote-unquote real world, where people aren't behaving that way and they assume that, that you're as familiar with the world that they live in as they are, you automatically are deficient in this idea of trusting anybody because of the experience that you've been through but don't necessarily want to share with that other, with that other person because they either wouldn't understand you or it's embarrassing or you feel ashamed or you feel uh, guilty or weird. So um, so that's a that's an incredibly high barrier to overcome this idea that that uh a survivor of of prolonged trauma and we're not talking about you know trauma in the sense of um you know, the death of a child, which is a different kind of trauma, or, or the normal breakup of relationships, or, or, you know, traumatic experiences like, you know, loss of a job, or becoming homeless. We're talking about prolonged, coercive, um,
1: really well, mental manipulation. Institutionalization,
0: yeah. institutionalization by a particular group of people that want to, Turn you into something that that you're not. Like, for instance, uh, I mean the most the most obvious version of this that people understand or, or can kind of relate to is like uh, gay conversion therapy, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's clearly understood by most people that that's a ludicrous thing, like it's just ridiculous, huh. and yet yeah, it, it's still practiced. <laughs> yeah, it people still send their kids, their sure. little lesbian daughter, who they send her off to. To this camp, and where they're going to pray the gay away, and and then this poor girl gets out, and is clearly going to be confused about not only her own beliefs at this point, or but how can she trust that what other people are telling her is true when she's been lied to so many times before? So. Right,
1: and I think the challenge too is, is you know, and I could speak from my own experience, my very first um major relationship after the the program um I didn't realize that you know i I was angry that I had gone through something crazy, and I couldn't really speak that language yet. I didn't have enough words to describe to you know to um my partner at that time um and i thought you know that i was supposed to get married that i was supposed to have mm-hmm. children that i was that these were like uh like life goals if you wanted to be normal and you're accepted by your family then you find a nice guy who's going to marry you and um literally what happened was the first guy that smiled at me um i ended up marrying like wow. hey you want to get married like sure like it was it was like you know Okay, I checked the box, like I'm going to get married. And I had no idea what that meant. And you know, in, in my program it was very, very, very frowned upon. Boys and girls were separated, um, and uh any even eye contact could have been construed as you having even sexual thoughts, okay? So even after I left the program I thought they could still read my mind. Um, that's how mm. much I thought they were in our heads and um and connecting with a, a partner you know let's talk about like just i'll lay it out there right now a lot of survivors don't want to talk about sex you know and, and which is a very major part of intimate relationships and sex involves trust and sex involves safety and vulnerability and um i i think for me in my experience uh it was terrifying um even though I was married, I thought I was doing something wrong. I I was unsure how to interact. I had not had a normal high school experience of having a boyfriend or breaking up with a boyfriend or what's acceptable or what's not or or what am I willing to accept or not accept. And really, what I was willing, you know, what whatever you know his behaviors were, it didn't matter because I felt that I had no place to ask or anything different or to say, hey, um, I don't really like being yelled at. I didn't feel I had any power um, to even verbalize that or, hey, um, I'm a little nervous about sex and I kind of feel like I'm not involved, you know, and I was like, is it me? Is it him? Am I not, you know, enough of something? And everything boiled down to I wasn't enough. So um, it was a very chaotic relationship um and I had a very difficult time understanding his response to my responses you know like it was kind of like we had two different not love languages I'm not into that it just um I I had certain needs where I needed to feel safe and secure and I needed at that time you know at 20 21 I needed someone to reassure me verbally that I was safe that I was um okay, or I was enough, and without that present, how do I even ask for someone to tell me that I'm enough? Um, And I was very accepting of bad behaviors, and I was very critical, and and my fault in that first relationship was that I, um, uh, like in the program, you know, it's called the table topic or like a, a rap session for straight kids or you know, like different names, different programs, where it was a group confrontation, um, I felt I had this compulsion um, to literally, we were taught to interrogate other students. So it was very natural for me to interrogate um, my husband at that time about anything and everything that I thought was potentially unsafe. And so sure. my it was compulsive. I, I couldn't help it. And I was very quick to point out, False, and I was very critical, and I was very difficult, um, and I felt unlovable, and I felt that, I guess, I resigned to the fact, like, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get, but I'm still going to fuck, you know, and, and kind of fight it, but we'll see what happens. Um,
0: well, and right. There's it, a few things going off. on here. are yeah, right.
1: Yeah.
0: Understood. There's a few things going on here. So, when people are traumatized, especially long-term um, there, there becomes this like driving force that's amplified to feel uh, safe and cared for, especially mm-hmm. by by your partner, well, you know, whether you realize yeah. it or not um, and it it can kind of become, which it sounds like it did in, in your case, that central focus is you're trying to heal, like you want this other person to heal you. Right, so if you, right. So you you know you get into these situations like a, you know a smile is, is a marriage proposal. It's an effort to soothe yourself and look for a way out of that uncomfortable place that you're in, because you're so you find yourself so lost in the world looking for someone to care for you. Um, right,
1: and it was it was it almost felt primal, like it wasn't a choice. It it was it wasn't like wow, super- I, I think I should get married. It was like whoa, I need to get like almost like, you know, I need to get milk or, or I'm out of food, I right. need food. It, it became a basic need that I need someone who's going to be a buffer between me and the scary big real world that I didn't really know that much about. Um, right, because
0: your partner was so re- at this point so reassuring and, and supportive of you and, and really appearing to help you deal with this pain. You felt, you felt protected and validated and, and maybe even better able to – to heal these these wounds that you had gone through but
1: it doesn't go first, that far
0: it, it doesn't go that far yeah right but you may not even I mean people may not even be consciously aware that they're doing this is what i mean um right so it's right. important to become aware that that what you're hoping to receive from a relationship may be uh, unrealistic or disproportionate to what your partner can actually give to you um sure, sure. it's really important measuring. to kind of remember that that it's, i mean that's and that's true for anybody, but especially right. someone who has has been so wounded that any little morsel of security or or love or or attention can can seem like the biggest, you know, prize, like, right. ever, like, well, you you won, you got it, like, you,
1: yeah, uh, I mean, I describe and then you got it married. as, <laughs> right. well, yeah, and it didn't even seem like a big deal, it was like, I guess I gotta do it, um, and there's this thing, I've, I don't know what others refer to it, I've called it, you know, like, the, the crumb, uh, the crumb chase, um, mm-hmm. in, in the program, you know, any, even from staff members, um, any kind of approval was, like, worth gold, um, and it bought you a little bit of safety. I remember, um, actually, uh, both ways. Sometimes I actually, on purpose, made sure that I would get restrained by other students mm. simply for the fact that I wanted human touch, contact. I didn't care right. if your knee was in my throat. I-, I didn't care if your hands were, you know, over my face. I didn't care if you were dragging me down a staircase. I wanted that human contact, and the other way, too, when someone needed to be restrained and I would be ordered to restrain another student, I was all over that because Mm -hmm. even it didn't matter male, female, it was human contact, and so I learned to chase these little crumbs of affection or touch or where it was okay to touch someone, and it was okay to do it in a very violent way, Mm -hmm. so my my pleasure center, I guess, if you will, was wired um, in a very feral um, and very aggressive way that if you want to touch then you've got to fight or you've got to m- move in and make your way in you know so these little crumbs kind of built up this structure where in the real world a smile like oh, they approve but they think I'm amazing perfect I made right. it you know um, and a lot of us fell I don't want to say victim to it because we didn't know any better but A lot of us were taken advantage of by partners who kind of saw, if they weren't well themselves, saw a vulnerability in us. um, And they had expectations that we didn't even know what needed to be met. Um, You know, a marriage doesn't come with a rule book that says, this is what your chores are for the day. This is what's expected of you for the day. This is what you need to earn. This is what you need to do. It, It was like this, like, you were supposed to make decisions with another person which was, like, totally foreign to me that this was a partnership, uh, you know. Right. Um, I didn't know any better, um, and and I think that, you know, my, my struggle in relationships has been feeling understood or feeling that they um, can see me in, beyond my physical sense, beyond what I present that they see me that you know I mean trauma comes from an an old Greek word a Greek origin and it means a wound so trauma is really Mm -hmm. a a mental wound um, that's invisible and and I felt so broken already that it wasn't that I really wanted someone to fix me I just wanted someone to scoop up all of my pieces and be okay with it and
0: And that wasn't really realistic yeah and this kind of this kind of thing that you're describing is, um, institutionalized peer, uh, peer to peer coercion, um, where, where students are essentially forced to, to punish or, or control other kids. It creates so much internal chaos and, mm-hmm. and distortion in, in, in people's ability to, to gauge what, what other people can realistically offer you, like, um,
1: right, right. That may and be in part
0: because other there, other people have have endured uh, trauma too, and sometimes we don't even know that. Um, it, it so it, it affects how you perceive the comfort that you receive. Um, and it may be totally out of whack with, with the, the quote unquote normal Comforts that someone might offer someone, whereas you were like, no, this needs to be like, like rough or like, you know, I like now or 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 uh, you need to like speaking of the that silly love languishing, you need to you need to love me in the way that I need to be loved, like, and I demand that. Right. But your partner's trauma affects their ability to provide what you're looking for. too especially when we're talking survivor to survivor. So when you're both trying to seek out safety and security, and coming right. from this chaotic angle, it becomes um, it can become difficult without really clear, open communication. Which brings us back to the idea of, of how do you do that? How do you trust someone after all of this chaos? Um,
1: right, and and I was willing to kind of roll the dice, you know. Um, And, and again, like, my my worth, I didn't think I was worth much at all. I I didn't really, um, before I got married, like, dating, I wasn't into that. I was terrified. Um, I didn't think I even deserved a choice. Um, I thought it was my obligation that the first person that would smile at me and uh, want to go out and date me, like, I wasn't thinking, oh, well, this isn't exactly what I'm looking for. I, I didn't even know how to keep myself safe at that time, but it seemed like a good idea. And I had this kind of idea, well, it, it'll work itself out in the end. I'll get the hang of it. Um And I was not really focused on the person I was choosing. I was mm-hmm. really just focused on the end game of becoming married and just that alone, um, you know, that. Really where I thought and it ended up, it was, it, it was sad. I look back on that relationship that, I mean, it produced my, my two older sons, you know, came out of that relationship. Um, and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but with their father, um, you know, uh, even sexually, I, I wasn't really sure what sex was even going to be like. Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was worth more. Um, and I've heard this from a lot of female survivors, you know, We tend to shy away from sex because it had been implanted in us that it was such a dirty, inappropriate way to think about Mm -hmm. sex or masturbation or self-care, you know, or self-pleasure. It was such a dirty, horrible thing that I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to just lay there on my back and let them take what they want. Like, I thought that that was the job. Right. Um, there was no participation, it's, and you know, I didn't know any better. I didn't. Sure. And I um, didn't think I deserved it either. You know, I didn't know how to ask for anything. I just kind of rolled with it, and I think that survivors of trauma like this were really disorganized in what our needs are, and we get very confused um, of what love is. I think we confuse love with approval, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that we don't really have a clear picture. We're so emotionally starved. It's like rolling up to like the buffet. (laughs) Like, hey, you know, like someone's gonna love me for the rest of my life. Whoa! And it didn't work out like that, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, there is some there is some good news here, and and
1: (laughs) I'm always the bearer of bad news. I'm like, oh, no, this this is
0: so. This is so like realistic and and stark and and it's it's really beautiful to be able to communicate like openly like this and and we sometimes you know we don't want to and i'm speaking generally we don't want to get into an idea of um, like you were you were saying before like like victimhood and and that kind of mentality because it it will it will drive us further into avoidance um of right, right. emotional and physical intimacy and, and get us isolated and feel helpless and angry and full of anxiety and uh you know arguments will bloom um and those are the things that you know can really end relationships if they're left unaddressed but the cool part about meeting someone new um Survivor or otherwise, is that is that people initially get into relationships because there are things that that draw them to one another, and mm-hmm. and those are those are generally good things, like just the, you know, like attractiveness or the meeting of minds or shared uh, even even this idea of shared uh, experiences through trauma. It's a, it's it's often a really good basis for Beginning a relationship, what what's the tricky part is is not closing off communication and expecting that the other person like knows what to do for you without you kind of letting them understand. I think um, that in in a relationship between two people, in a sense, both people, <clears throat> both parties, have to own. of the relationship. Like, I can't say that, oh, 50% is my responsibility and 50% is your responsibility. We both have to take ownership of the entire relationship each so that there's overlap and understanding. Um, And so I think this is really, uh, it's really important that we're, you know, talking about this stuff because, um, I mean, when... When I got to know you um, uh, through you know through our initial uh, chats on the phone and um, and then later into uh, other discussions about um, survivorship and, and mm-hmm. our, our great talk about bullying, um, right? I developed this really like like cool like affection for you, and I you know and then I thought you were pretty. Um and so those are you know, so and that's really that's really cool, like but if if I didn't if I didn't really open up about um my experiences and let you tell me about yours because of you know, fear or yeah, like the other yeah. things you mentioned about, you know, being nervous about that kind of stuff. Those, those more, more important, those important but more superficial aspects of like, of, of meeting someone and saying, wow, I really, I really like this or that about them, um, can get, um, dismissed really easily. Mm-hmm. And, am sure. When we'll, we, we both know how things can turn, uh, dark, um, yeah, if, quickly. If you too. rely on, if you rely on some of that more superficial aspect of, of uh, relationships with people, um, we're generally not taught how to do that. You know, we oftentimes I right. thinking in life we're taught to keep things light, keep things superficial, keep things close to the best, don't disclose too mm-hmm. much, you're going to get hurt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Um, yeah,
1: or it's important to, it's important know. To, it's important
0: to It's important to express that vulnerability because I think the truth is, is that if it's better to get get disappointed in like right off the bat, than to find out later that that you made uh, you and perhaps your partner or both have made some uh, you know mistakes going along along the, right. and the journey of to place uh, blame or judgment.
1: Right. On, I mean, and I think stuff. essentially, it's
0: just, like it's just kind of a it's just kind of a fact of how things can easily turn out without, you know, honesty and openness and being brave and being willing to give trust a chance like right away. Right.
1: You know, and that's, you know, that's what, hard. That's that's not, not, that's not an easy oh, thing to do. No, it's not. It's and, not and, you know, easy. and I'm talking just from a standpoint, you know, we're kind of talking about like kind of the fresh zone out of a program. Um, you know, we don't have good communication skills. We only know how to communicate through aggression or, or retreat. Oh, right. You know, we're all about a fight or flight. There's no freeze. We're starving, starving for any kind of attention or affection. We've been holed up and told a lot of crazy things. You know, mm-hmm. we are told, you know, we're worthless, we're... You know, just these terrible, terrible human beings that no one's going to love anyway. And I heard that a lot. Like, you know, no one's going to ever love you, Liz. Like, you're so nothing. Like, no one's ever going to love you. And I was determined to – it was insanity, but I was determined to prove the program wrong, that I was lovable. And even if it meant that I suffered, it still didn't matter as long as I could tell myself I was being loved. Um, Sure. And, and we are so guarded.
0: Right. And and this is another thing that sprung to mind, it's, it's interesting, and it relates. So two people go through their lives. You know, and and they go through their experiences and perhaps they are uh, troubles of you know, survivors of institutional abuse of some kind, or they've had their own traumatic life experiences and they go through lives and they've made it that far Right And they're still mm-hmm. walking and talking, and they meet someone else. That person, of course, has had their own journey, and up to that point, when people meet, they they forget often that that person that they just met has survived their entire lives without that other person and And it's something we often forget that that if I meet you and like you. And, and then say get into a relationship with you. Oftentimes people will immediately start trying to mold or fix that person mm-hmm. and turn them into something that that they think they should be and it happens both ways. So um and it, it it's really um it's not helpful. Like and it's good to remember that that if you if 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 I didn't exist you would continue down your lifeline and continue to survive and continue to live and continue to meet other people. And I, I wouldn't even be around to try to fix you or, or, uh, you know, make it all better. It's not my job right. to make it all better for you. It's my job right. to, to tell you how I feel and, and, and for you to do the same and see if we can come to some point where we are mutually attracted to each other. Like warts and all, and and then not take the reactions of the other person personally. That's their stuff. That's their journey. Like
1: right, but we don't. I can even I can can even
0: learn to like the weirdness, you know, or the (laughs) yeah. Thank God they
1: can. Yeah.
0: Like what's going on with her? Oh, she's isolating today. Well, Okay, should we should we do something about that? Well, probably not. You know. right but we don't have
1: those tools you know and also take into account any of us at any point whether we're fresh out of the program or we kind of had like a starter relationship where we learned good and bad lessons we have like a very delayed understanding of what actually happened and and also too we you know some of us have come into relationships with um, a history of sexual abuse or assault or right. having gone through conversion therapy or childhood traumas even before right. going to a program. So we we kind of show up like, hey, can somebody love this big pile of trauma over here? <laughs> um, right. And I don't really understand it and I don't know what's going on with me, but I know that I'm desperate to feel better than this darkness that's in me. And I will accept anything because anything is better than me suffering alone. Like, will you suffer with me? You know, um, mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the altar, and instead of saying, I do, it should have been, I do. Um, you know, like, really? <laughs> like, is this, you <laughs> is know, like, I should, you know, like, I do. Um, cause it didn't, you know, it was very mechanical. I, I felt like it was a responsibility I had. And then it was a shit show, um, after mm-hmm. that. Um, right. and, and only, you know, years and years later did I, was able to look back in a healthier way once I got past the anger phase that it fell apart um, did I really start to look at like okay well I know my perception of what happened but what was I going through then what was going on with me like checking in and, and I think for survivors if you're struggling with relationships currently it wouldn't hurt to kind of put make a list of relationships that uh, that have had relevance in your life and kind of write, you know, what are the lessons that you learned? What, what did they teach you that was good? What did you, they teach mm-hmm. you that was not helpful? Um, you know, kind of break it down so that you kind of uh, – it's kind of like an after-action review, but we have mm-hmm. to kind of like really um, stay up to date. And that's why I, I always say like in relationships, journaling is so important because for survivors who are like, well, I don't know what to do – Start writing how you're feeling down because if you go back, you're, you're sooner or later, more sooner likely, a pattern is going to emerge that the same feelings are going to be presenting. The same issues are going to be there. The same themes will be present. Um, and I wish I had started writing earlier um, because that's what, you know, for me, it's helped me gain perspective. Um, it's not about assigning fault. It's about assigning myself a new direction. Like, where at 39 do I want to take my life? Um, you know, who, what kind of man um, um, do I wish to be with? What qualities would they have that I will accept nothing less? I. It took me right. until 39. You know, I went in at 15. I'm 39. I am now at this juncture in my life where um, I am not. Uh, in a committed relationship, and mm-hmm. I've had to make a list of like non negotiables, like they must have these qualities, and they don't involve, um, blue eyes and blonde hair. And you know, like right. this, my list has changed. My list is sure. like, you know, do they have a moral fucking compass? Like, can we tell right. you know, like, do, are they empathic? Are they right. understanding? Um, I mean, yes, I have my personal preferences in that mix, but, um, but the, the main staples, you know, are they going, you know, are they abusive? Are they condescending? Like, there's kind of like the watch list, and then there's Mm -hmm. the no fly list, and then there's the yes please list. Um, so, you know, and, and it's a lot of things going on at once, you know, so I can be instantly physically attracted to someone. But then my brain automatically says, okay, shut it down, kid. Can you trust them? You don't know anything about them. You have to vet them. You have to dig. You have to learn. Like, it almost becomes like uh, I myself turn into now like a detective. I mean, there is not a line outside my door, (laughs) okay? I'm not interviewing for a position, okay? Um But in my mind, I am, you know, in my mind, I'm like, if there was a line, like how would I schedule these auditions like from Deadpool? Like, all right, you're in, you Uh know, like, I don't want to do it like that. Um, you know, so my, my needs have changed over time. And so have my wants, um, -hmm. at my age, you know? Um, and I mean, I'm pretty young comparatively. Um, Even though I took great offense to when I had my son who's now two, I was then called of advanced maternal age. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a real, real self-esteem, uh, pick me up there. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, like at 39, (laughs) I'm like, whoa, like what do I want? You know, who is he? And, 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 and what are the things that I'm willing to, I now feel now at this point in my life, after a lot of abandonment in my life and my relationships have always involved being abandoned and that has followed me through my life. um, The fear of it and then it actually happens and that I can't even believe it actually happened. Like, and so um, abandonment, you know, tells me nobody can be trusted. No one is safe. I'm on my own. And, and the wall I've built around myself is, Pretty substantial um, right. to kind of get through to me at this point. Good luck, you, you know. Um, you got to really work at it.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. I so think, I, I wanted yeah. to I wanted to go through uh, a little bit of a, like kind of a conclusion here, in a way. Um, okay. Yeah. I talk about because you you said you said a lot of stuff about um, that was really important about needs and wants and and uh obviously the the person is going to have to um you're going to have to be able to relate to each other in a in a in a meaningful way of course and and then um, and there has to be that that element of uh transparency and and empathy and willingness to not try to you know fix you and and to accept you as you are so there's there's something that happens here in in uh as your relationship develops the that relates to trust and the first thing really is is just initial connection that we're drawn to somebody and we feel something which compels us to start the process of building a um in Initial relationship with someone, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. whether that's romantic or friendship, any kind of relationship that is just a person to person. So, whatever that connection is, whether it's a smile or uh, shared experience with like like uh, survivors, you know, or you like the, you, I don't know, you drive you like the same model of car, whatever that mm-hmm. is. That's the right. That initial connection is made. And then, then what happens, of course, is that, especially those of us who've been through, you know, multiple failed relationships or, or things, uh, just didn't work out for whatever reason. And it's not, again, not fault placing, but just things didn't work out for a variety of reasons. So we're, we're cautious. And. Right. We, we want to start pursuing the idea of trust in in this beginning relationships. Like like you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't give your car keys to someone that you just met. Like you that's that's different. That's a level of trust that has to be earned. Right. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But you might but you might let them pay to take you out to the movies. You might like that might be acceptable. That might be a thing that you say, okay I can I can trust that I'm going to drive there. This other person is going to drive to the theater and this other person has agreed to like buy me a ticket to go see the movies. That sounds nice. I'm going to I see, put myself in For me, That's out like there. a
1: nightmare. That's a nightmare. That's sure, like, oh my sure God. Not, what do they
0: want? Right.
1: What do they want?
0: Oh well, my see, God. Right. So, so there's this caution idea where we, you want to be able to observe the their character in action and, and then allow them to, you know, do the same thing. With us, and, and we're careful, and, and I don't think you can be too careful, you know, to proceed with some patience because this is a delicate thing, you know. As we know, we we don't want to again rush into something um, because then you'll have broken trust, and and then you you know then you're like screwed, then you because then the connection is broken too. Right? They even, it doesn't even matter that you like the same that car anymore. Like, fuck that car. Right, right. So, so, so then as you proceed cautiously, you know, really playing that detective role, you're looking for consistency. You're looking for this person keeping their word. Um, in act in and and doing what they saying they say they're going to do their actions and we start letting our guard down and maybe maybe in a couple of months you do give the person in your car keys to drive your car to the store like maybe that does happen and it probably would happen at some point that's a normal thing that develops with this idea of of trust and as the relationship gets deeper Um so. Things are consistent, and then, and then comes this idea of, of courage. You know, it's uh, you're still you're still stepping out on this ledge, and, and now maybe you know your, your heart or your money is on the line in, in some ways. Um, we're we're starting to assume some risk. Uh, you know, and that's a it's something that's required in the relationship. Like we can't. Have a relationship and avoid, avoid this idea of, of taking a chance. Um, right. It's, it's part of what makes a relationship exciting in some ways, because if we take the chance if, and there's consistency, and suddenly we start feeling, uh, you know, this idea of a feeling of security, which leads to, Kind of the last phase, which is uh, making a, a commitment to the person, um, right? And and that really defines the level of relationship. How much commitment do you want to do? You want to put forth in this relationship, and you know the more the bigger commitments are the marriages, and the um, where it's you know almost a sacred thing. Hopefully, um, and you know. But even in friendships, there's there's this level of commitment that that is kind of that's required. So that kind of you know, and as we as we further discuss, like these survivor, really, because I think that's kind of the point of view that we need to take with this is that is because that's the audience that we want to reach is is these people out there who've been through all this trauma, who want to know. How in the world are they going to, to actually formulate this, this, these ideas and even make the initial connection? Like, it's so scary. So. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'd like I to use yeah.
0: kind of this, this template, you know, as we go on to kind of discuss, uh, further, um, and get into more granular detail about, about these stages, like, so maybe next time we'll, we'll like spend more time focusing on these, these initial connections and what that, what that means. How does that, how does that even work? I know people right, are scared right. to meet anybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> they won't even do that part. They won't even make the first connection. They won't make a, they, they won't make eye contact. They won't say hello. They won't, they just will re, have removed themselves from the, the pool, so to speak. Right. Um, and they don't want to be removed from the pool. They wanna be in the no, pool. No. You know, they, they wanna be they want a beach ball and they want they want a, uh, a volleyball net the and pool. they want to play pool mm-hmm. volleyball and the girl in the bikini and they, and you know the they want big shoulders again, you know, they want all that stuff and uh Yeah. They wanna be attracted I mean, to other people.
1: Yeah, and essentially like well, our teenagehood or early adulthood was so you know, it was robbed at gunpoint that we show up in these adult bodies in an adult world with a 15, 16 year old brains. Um, right. and that's how we start. Sure. So we're, we're behind. So I think next time it would be helpful to kind of try and figure out like, well, where do relationships start? What does that mean? Um, yeah. and do we overcommit, undercommit, you know, and, and, you know, this podcast is really, you know, each topic going forward, we're going to be kind of breaking down. Into chapters or kind of segments, um, and you know, we encourage questions, and and we want to know what you want to know. Um, we're willing to go there and talk about it. Um, so
0: right. I think that Someone we're kind of moving in a
1: good direction.
0: I do too. Someone asked uh, before we did this. Uh, I know we focused a lot on trust. Um, another another suggestion was uh, the idea of how to uh, so you. You get out of a bad relationship, right? Like it ends. How do you stop? How do you deal with? How do you uh manage obsessive thinking about the past relationship? Like how is right. how is that how you, how can you manage to get into a new relationship when you're still living in that one?
1: Right, and we and, sure and, will and try.
0: That, and that applies to uh, survivorship too. Like obsessive thinking about the trauma that you've been through. And, yeah, you
1: know, how, and we
0: can be re-traumatized how to transcend by a simple that. act. Re- sure, we traumatize yeah, simple, ourselves. Other people, yeah. other people unknowingly re-traumatize us by
1: right, and they don't seemingly you know, innocent
0: actions, or, you know, or they try to make you feel better, and, and it does quite the opposite. There's a lot of stuff like that that we can get into that I think will be really um, healthy and helpful. For uh, and, for everybody, you you and I included.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I I think in an odd way, you know, this topic, you know, you and I are kind of going through very methodically the relationships at a pace that would probably be normal, um, you know, by kind of exploring and then talking and then, you know, returning with new ideas. You know, that's not a traditional survivor uh, methodology. We're either all in or all out. And so to kind of break it down, and we're taking it slower because we really want to spend the time to kind of cover different genres or areas of relationships that are good and bad, you know. And
0: And the goal is, you know,
1: we want survivors to feel loved and feel they deserve.
0: You know, and and really, like, if I'm going to be, like, transparent and and honest, I, I, I I love the fact that this is a really great way to get to know you better.
1: Right, and again, like, we're kind of, like, making a relationship as we go along, and, you know, we're kind of learning a lot, you know. Um,
0: so so make when's, zoom, the, when's the wedding know. was? When's, so, well, when's the wedding
1: me? Just smile at me. Um, just smile.
0: Just, oh, you smile? So okay, I gotta, we're done. We're done now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I have to make my way from California to, uh, you live in, what, upstate New York?
1: I do, right, and you have to meet all these uh, check marks. You're going to be interrogated, um, vetted, Uh, background checked. Yeah, we're going to have to do a lot, you know, but if you just smile, we're good. Like, it's going to be okay.
0: We're on a – this is a good start. Okay. Take my car. Take my car. (laughs) Take your car. (laughs) Right, right. So uh, we're going to be doing this again um, next week, I believe. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Wednesdays, I believe, is the – Yep. It's the deal unless I changes, but um so uh yeah, I, and we need a name for this the show. I don't know what what it's to be called yet. Um, um, um but, I think uh, it's to be
1: called like the relationship shit show. Like that that would be my <laughs> that would be right? my suggestion. You know, if we
0: um, but if we called it that, if we if we actually used the uh, the profanity in the uh
1: Oh really? In the
0: title oh. they would like all the all the platforms would like shake their finger at us and say you can't call it that you can say it you can say it. the relationship should show in the or it could be like itself.
1: surviving survivor <laughs> love <laughs> like you know surviving survivor relationships like you know um naked and afraid you know like one of those shows naked with, you know, and like afraid and
0: afraid oh my god that's that's right. what
1: I would you know I think that i mean I'm just throwing it out there, you know, but that's like true
0: story, so um,
1: awesome. yeah, like emotionally naked and afraid, I think should be uh that's what I would throw in the ring
0: okay uh i I'm sure we'll come up with a, a good a good name we'll take and suggestions prob- too, we will take suggestions,
1: yes, we will take suggestions in the virtual box. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, definitely ask us. I mean, we're no Dr. Ruth here, but, uh, you know, we probably could uh, explain a couple things. And, you know, I-, I hope my mistakes in life or my now understanding can save someone else from having to go down the same very painful path of abandonment that I've taken, you know. Yeah, I spirit. feel
0: better. I feel better already.
1: I think. Well, we're getting married, so I guess we're going to be fine. Like, everything's going to work well, itself out yeah. in the end, right?
0: We'll, we'll see. We'll ah. see. We got to. We'll we got to. We got uh, to go through this process. So, but yeah. What you know? What I I could think of a lot of uh, crazier things. But let's, so. Yeah. Let's. All right.
1: Well, so. we'll take it there next time. So. All right. Well. Um, all right. I'll see you at the wedding. Actually. You don't know. Okay.
0: You don't know how to end. You don't know how to end this, do you?
1: No, I don't. there is no ending. I'm still learning. So this is like every relationship where anyone wondered how to get out of one. Like clearly, I don't know um, because I'll just keep talking about it forever. Say so good night, Liz. Good night, Marcus. <laughs>